1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that
2: mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rogers going for it all. Looking to bring it open.
1: He's got it. Let's all- snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by what a beast, number 95 for
0: the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And it's an off day at Florin Park, so time to answer your training camp questions with our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, must be nice to have a day off. Things were hectic for you. You had your 40th birthday. You were going all over the place. Plus, you had to be at hot training camp where it was sweltering. You had to bring around a jug of water all day just to make sure you were hydrated. You finally get a day to just relax and do what you want and be left alone, except, of course, for answering a few questions. So I appreciate you taking a few minutes to do that today.
2: (laughs) No big deal, Scott. There are no off days in training camp. I'm going to have to be uh, planning ahead, but but, uh, happy to take the time. Let's do this.
0: Yes, sir. Let's dive right into it. And we will begin with Jim, who asks, what do you think of Jason Brownlee so far? Is it far-fetched to think that he could make the 53-man roster, which would displace Corey Davis potentially, saving the Jets $10.5 million? What do you think about this one, Andy? Because this is interesting to me. The Jets claim they're chasing a championship, and so to that end, you would think having a receiver like Corey Davis here would be the move. But at the same time, if they were to release Corey Davis or at least make him take a pay cut if he were going to stay, but release him, trade him, save that $10.5 million if they like Brownlee, they do still have Randall Cobb, they do still have Miko Hardman, they do still have Alan Lazard, they do still have Garrett Wilson. If they like Brownlee, it might be a move that would make some sense. I know that people are going to say it's crazy that Brownlee could stick on the fifty-three man roster, considering how deep the Jets look on paper receiver. But what do you think so far, based on what you've seen?
2: Well, it's not crazy at all, I don't think. And the biggest reason I don't think it's crazy is because he was one of the the receivers that Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, shouted out at the end of the at the end of OTAs. So he's obviously on Aaron Rodgers' radar, and if he's on Aaron Rodgers' radar, he's on Joe Douglas' radar and Robert Sala's, Sala's radar. So um uh, to answer the first part, it's not crazy. I would also say it's very early, though. It's very early in training camp. And Brownlee, to do that, to to you know replace a, an established veteran on the roster, is going to have to continue to flash um, over and over again for him to, to be in a position where the, the comfort level is there, I think. So uh, I think it's definitely possible. But I think Davis has some advantages because he's a veteran and he's going to probably adjust to this new system better than brownlee is just because it's not going to be as overwhelming for him It's not the idea of, you know, Aaron Rodgers being in the huddle, the idea of learning all the things that come with having Aaron Rodgers in the huddle. You know, Corey Davis is is ready for that. Jason Brownlee is still just learning what it's like to to be in this league and also has to do that. So, the, the, I think there will be some bumps in the road, but it's not far fetched. It's not impossible, but but he has to keep up doing what he's doing now.
0: Johnny asks, Rich Semini over at ESPN recently said that he thinks there's a chance that Mekhi Becton could get traded before the season. Brian Costello at the New York Post has said that Billy Turner has a legitimate chance to win the right tackle spot. Is this something you could actually see happening that maybe Makai Becton isn't here to start the 2023 regular season? Andy, I have to give you credit because you actually were ahead of the curve on this. I think it was a month or two ago, you said on the show that it was going to be a battle for Mekhi Becton not to win the left tackle spot, but to win a starting tackle spot, left or right. And so then after you said that, he came out, did that interview with Bob Glauber and Newsday, And that, to me, was disastrous. He basically threw the organization under the bus. If you're looking at it from a talent standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Jets to trade Makai Becton because they're not especially deep at tackle. Becton has so much talent that for whatever you would get for him right now, which would seem to be probably a day three pick, why bother trading him if you're in a win-now window? Might as well keep him, see if he can stay healthy, and try to get the most out of him. But there are the rumblings right now about him maybe not being here. Do you think there's any truth to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I said it back then that 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 was going to be a question. Like, can he? Will, will he? Like, request a trade if he's not getting to where he wants? And, and could him staying on the roster be a possibility? So, I, I for sure, uh, you know, what those guys have bet are hearing is in line with what I've been hearing, and, and just the logic of the situation when you look at it. You know, Makai Becton. If he can't win one of these jobs, he's not going to want to be a backup. And he's certainly not going to want to be a backup at anything other than left tackle if he is one. So, um, you know, he right now he he may be number three on the depth chart at left tackle uh, because Dwayne Brown isn't back and Billy Turner is starting there ahead of him. So uh, it's definitely a possibility, I think, because of the Jets' depth situation. It may be similar to what you saw last year with Denzel Mims, where they're not going to be willing to give him up unless they get exactly what they want. And I think that's a possibility, too. Uh, they will not be deterred to keep him around, even if he's making things a little uncomfortable for them, as we saw last year with Elijah Moore and and, and with Mims, and, and we've seen from this regime in the past. So I don't think it's a lock at all that he gets traded, but I do think that it is a possibility and that somebody may step up and make an offer that that may seem a little lopsided because of all the talent that Makai Becton has shown. but but all of this of course, hinges on the most important thing for Makai Beckton in training camp, which is that he gets through it without any issues and, and so far he looks to be you know pretty pretty comfortable and, and pretty good. Obviously the test comes when they put on the pads, but um, you know he does seem to be, Uh, you know, looking good. And obviously he's, he's down significantly in weight. So it's interesting to watch, but yeah, Rich and Brian do a great job at what they do and they know what they're talking about and, and, and what I've been hearing and, and seeing is in line with that as well
0: Next question comes in from David Sheps. He asks, it seems like on paper there are too many edge players to get significant playing time. Any chance that somebody in training camp right now at the edge position isn't here to start 2023, perhaps a trade to an edge-needy team? So this is sort of along the lines of the Becton question.
2: Yeah, I think, again, there, there's a chance. But, but also when you look at the way the Jets do things, Uh, They like to rotate guys. So I think that leaves uh, the possibility open that, that either or could happen. I can't remember um, when it was last year when there was, there was another position, like it may have been an edge rusher and the jets made a, a trade. It won't be an earth shattering trade. I don't think it will be one of the, the biggest names on the roster, but I think like one of the other guys at the bottom of that group, um, maybe a huff. I mean, I know the fans love him, uh, Maybe someone like that could could you know be moved because they're not going to move McDonald, uh, they're not going to move Jermaine Johnson, especially with him poised to kind of have this breakthrough. So you're limited. And they're not going to move Carl Lawson. So you're limited in terms of which guy that could be. And, and the name that's coming to mind right now for me is Huff. Correct me if there's somebody else on that list that that uh, you know you're thinking of Scott, but you, but yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. But also, I think the Jets. Uh, you know are more likely as things go on to add an established edge rusher just because they, they place such value at, at in their defensive line and, and at that at that position in particular
0: Yeah, if they move an edge rusher, I would think it's going to be Bryce Huff. I know they had discussed the possibility of trading Carl Lawson a couple of months ago and actually were in talks with at least one team about maybe doing that, but then ultimately decided to stick with Lawson. So I don't think he's going anywhere. They're obviously not trading Jermaine Johnson Or Will McDonald, so that leaves Huff, who is on that one-year deal. So as you said, I guess we'll see how training camp goes. But they do heavy rotations, so as you said, Andy, you can never really have enough fresh, productive edge rushers for this defense. Next question comes in from Jets David UK. He asks, granted, we are only a few days in now, but are there any positions that are sticking out of training camp as one that Joe Douglas really needs to make a move at to help improve before the season begins?
2: I still think they could use some help with coverage in coverage at linebacker, but I've been long on that camp. Um, but there has, if, there, if you're asking me, if there's like this glaring weakness that has stood out. Uh, I guess running back is is it, and that's not a surprise. With Brees Hall still not not you know, they're gonna they're gonna take it easy with him. And even though I think you know he'll be ready for Week One, and Brees has said he thinks he'll be ready for Week One, uh, it's not going to be. At, at a full workload. So you're looking at Israel Abanaconda having a big role right now. Michael Carter's had the, the biggest role and, and, and Zonovan Knight and really not much after that. And and with Abanaconda, he's young. He's, he's going to be, if he gets on the field, you know, in the first few weeks of his career, he'll be the first 20 year old in, in Jets history to play a game. And there have been times when he, you know, he's made some mistakes and made some drops and, and put the ball on the ground. So uh, he's got a steep learning curve. And, and you know, we knew that, but, you know, I think they just have to add something at, at running back. And I guess that's the, the position that would stand out for me. And I know everybody's wondering about Dalvin Cook and the Jets in the first week of training camp. Robert Salas said it's something they're, they're looking at and interested in and, and that there are some contractual issues and that it's a question for Joe Douglas. So it's, it's on the Jets' radar, too, as a position where they know, I think, especially early in the season, they're going to need some extra help.
0: Peter J. Dillard asks, please tell me Solomon Thomas will not be on the team unless he sticks around as a coach. <laughs> Any indicators from camp how many interior defensive linemen will be carried? Solomon Thomas should definitely not make the team over somebody like Tanzel Smart. How much work realistically does it look like Michael Clement is going to get inside?
2: I haven't been watching or I haven't been watching particularly on that second part of the question with Clemens, so I can't tell you right now. I will make a point to, to look out for that in week two. Uh, when I've seen Clemens, though, it's been lined up at edge. So, uh, but that's the only, you know, I haven't been looking for it particularly. Uh, Solomon Thomas is probably going to make the team. Uh, I mean, he's thought of highly by Salah. He's thought of highly by his teammates. Uh, I, I know he's not the the biggest impact player in terms of what he brings on the field. But uh, I do think that he's reliable in terms of the He knows what he's doing within the defense, and I think that will, you know, give him a leg up to make the roster. And I think you're looking at the other guys inside. um, You know, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for for Tanzel Smart, but he did, you know, make the roster last year or was carried on the practice squad and found a way to make an impact. So I think there will be guys like that too who who do that again. But um, you know, it's a little bit more open this year. With with Shepard and and uh, Sheldon Rankin's gone, so uh, anything is possible. But with them here, I I thought there was there were times last year when when you know Solomon Thomas wouldn't make the roster, would be a guy they cut, and and they've always kept him. So there's every indication that he's going to be one of the guys that are here. And and you know um, with all the moving parts, forgive forgive me right now for not being hundred percent certain on all the names, but but you know there I think. I think Solomon Thomas will be among the names that that are there at the end of the year or at the end of camp.
0: Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He asks... Is Jamie and Sherwood showing enough to make you think that he could be a legitimate starting linebacker once the season starts also with the brilliance of Garrett Wilson and the likelihood he's a marked man from what you've seen in training camp so far, who do you think will benefit the most on offense from all the attention that Wilson will get? My gut feeling is that if Corey Davis sticks around, he may surprise some people and have his first career thousand yard season.
2: Okay. So first of all, what I meant to say in the last answer, by the way, was like, I think it's going to be Thomas, I think Al Woods, I think Quinnen, those guys are obviously locked into the roster, and and, and, Sol- and, and Thomas, as I said before. So that's how that's going to be. Now, the other part of the question, um, to be totally honest with you, Sherwood is not flashed to me in the first four practices, but from what his teammates and, and coaches have said, they believe in him. And I think, you know, he has a, a – you know, an upper hand on that role because of that belief and, and what he's shown in the past. So um, that's all I can tell you at this point. But, but uh, I do believe that that the Jets like him a lot. So uh, that's the best I can give you there. And, you know, with, with who's going to benefit most, I think the, the questioner brought up a good point. I think Corey Davis is a guy who is a candidate to kind of benefit in multiple ways from that, in terms of not having to be the number one guy in terms of expectation and everything that comes with that, and and we know he's hard on himself and and wants to make an impact, so that could take some pressure off there. And certainly defenses are going to have a lot more to have to pay attention to uh, with Garrett Wilson out there and and Rogers having such a tight connection with with Lazard as well. So I think Davis does have a chance to kind of fly under the radar and, and perhaps um, you know have a have a big a sneaky big year that that maybe. People didn't see coming.
0: Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He asks Based on what you've watched so far in training camp, Andy, do you think it's feasible this could be the first year since 2015 that the Jets have two 1,000 yard receivers? You just talked about the possibility of Corey Davis if he sticks around, and obviously everybody believes that Garrett Wilson will do that. In 2015, of course, it was Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. What do you think, from what you've seen so far, does the offense look geared to produce those kinds of numbers for Wilson and one of the other receivers?
2: Um, I'm not going to say based on what we've seen so far, because it's been such a a limited uh, sample size, but I will just say, just based on Aaron Rodgers is is probably going to throw over somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000 yards, which is about 1,500 more yards the Jets have been getting from their quarterbacks in, in recent years. And that certainly opens the possibility for multiple 1,000-yard receivers. And I think it, there is a chance it, it could happen. And, and I know it's a, a stretch to get a tight end there, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. If one of them gets really involved in the offense, And I, obviously Conklin would be the, the favorite at this point to be that guy. And, I, yeah, I think Corey Davis or Lazard, I mean, he really hasn't approached those numbers or, or – you know, been consistently at those numbers in Green Bay, but I think it's it's possible that that he could do it here in addition to Garrett Wilson, but I certainly think Garrett Wilson's going to do it. And uh Hardman is another candidate where you could see him racking up a lot of big plays, even if he doesn't get a ton of touches. So yeah, I think there's a, a bunch of candidates on this team who, who can do it. And I think uh I I would say it's more probable than not that that they'll find a way to, to get Two guys to a thousand yards this season, just based on what Aaron Rodgers brings to the table. If he's out there for the whole season,
0: Andy. Since you brought up tight end, Michael Christopher asks, how has Jeremy Ruckert looked so far? Does it appear that he'll be more involved in the offense this season? I ask because Michael Mayer was in the discussion with Will McDonald to be the Jets' first-round pick, so it seems like maybe the Jets are lower on Ruckert than people realize. Also, how has Max Mitchell looked? If Makai Becton does get traded, you would assume that Mitchell would have every opportunity to win the right tackle spot. So if you're a Jets fan, you want to hear positive things early in training camp.
2: Yeah, from from everything I've seen, he's been holding his own. Um, again, it's really hard to know until you get the pads on. So I don't want to give you a you know definitive report. He, there's definitely been some plays where he's been beaten on, but also you know the the fact that the Jets have him in that position right now, starting uh, t- starting camp with Aaron Rodgers back there at at right tackle. I think that kind of tells you you know what they think of of what he was able to do last year and what their belief level is in him. So um it's going to be something to watch for sure uh but but I think from what we've seen these first days uh the the Jets do believe in him, and I think if you look back at what he was able to do last year, um it's for good reason he was pretty solid and in, in, in a really, really, really tough situation so and after coming back from an injury, he was pretty solid as well, except for when he started dealing. With those blood clots, uh, which he was dealing with, which is scary in, in that Vikings game where he had the worst game of his career. So um, I, I think the Jets believe in him, and I think there's evidence to back up why they believe in him. So uh, I do think he has a real chance to, to be that guy.
0: Next question comes in from Cormac0595. He asks, any word about how Brees Hall is doing behind the scenes? Also, have any of the other running backs stood out to you so far in training camp as far as who might take the most carries with Brees Hall presumably being on a limited pitch count to start the season?
2: Yeah, I mean with Brees Hall, nothing has changed in terms of you know he wasn't on the field for OTAs because they didn't, you know, want him in team drills yet, and and he's still not quite ready for that, but everything is progressing on schedule. I mean, remember, he's he's basically right now. Uh, as we sit here at July twenty fourth or whatever it is, he's you know less than nine months removed from this injury. So it's smart and and sensible that the Jets are going to be taking things slow with him. I don't think there's been a setback. I think you know this is was probably the plan all along, even if they didn't really relay it to us. Um, but you know there's a big difference between less than nine months and less than twelve months, which is where we'll be when the season starts. A little bit less than 12 months and and he'll make i think significant progress between now and then so i wouldn't uh read very much into it i, I think this was the plan and i've kind of said it all along like you guys should expect that this would would kind of happen that they're going to be cautious with hall because they should be i mean he, he's not just hugely important to their future he's hugely important to this season if he can get out there looking anything like he did last year so Um, I think they're, they're being smart. And as, as for who's getting the most reps again, hard to tell, um, who's looking the best before they're in pads, but, but Michael Carter is the guy who's, who's getting the the heaviest part of the reps right now for sure. So we'll see if that changes once they start padded practice on Tuesday, but, uh, yeah, he's the guy right now. And, and again, I'm not going to give you an evaluation other than he has a, you know, looks terrible or great, but you wouldn't expect them to because it's not a real run game simulation at this point with them not in pads.
0: Next question comes in from Jim Jets. He asks, haven't been this optimistic as a Jets fan since training camp of 2010. Ironically, the last time the Jets were on hard knocks. Seems like the Jets do have a couple of question marks. Free safety, linebacker, offensive line. Also, a good chance that Adams, Sherwood, and Becton could be okay in those spots. So maybe we're making a little too much of the questions Don't ever remember having overall depth like this and this type of fan enthusiasm. Chris Nimbley on the show the other day said that this is the best energy he's felt around this team since he's been on the beat. Do you feel the same way? And are there any legitimate concerns that you have at this point beyond the obvious?
2: Yeah, I think all of that checks out. First of all, I've been covering the team since 2016. So there were some positive vibes in that first training camp, but it was very, very quickly went the other way, and, and you could tell that that you know it was going to be a struggle for that team very early in that season. Um, this is on a whole different level in terms of optimism, and rightfully so when you have Aaron Rodgers as your as your starting quarterback. But I think uh, what the the questioner said about the depth is huge, and I really do think. For me, it alleviates a lot of the concerns I do I have about the offensive line. Yeah, there are some question marks on the offensive line, but then when you look at the amount of depth that the Jets have, they can withstand a couple injuries, and they're not putting out a guy who you, you're afraid to see what's going to happen when he's in the game. You're putting guys out there as backups or replacements who are proven at, on the offensive line, I think, or, or have immense talents. Like even at center, as an example, uh, you know Connor McGovern is as clearly has the upper hand early in camp on that that job. But if something happens to him, you know you have a super talented guy who can play at this level, um, just based on on what he brings to the table physically. And, and Joe Tipman who the Jets is drafted in the second round, so and then at tackle. If you lose Dwayne Brown, you have a, a Makai Becton, and and you have. Um, you know other guys, other veterans who are proven, a uh, Billy Turner who's who has done this before and has a, a really good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I think you know again I I, I think you, they don't have the coverage at linebacker. I think that's going to be an issue, and, and you know safety is more of a question mark than you want than they want it to be. But you also saw last year that they had ways of, of getting past that with their talent on the defensive line and and on the outside in the secondary, uh, you know, and, and then with Michael Carter, the second in the middle. So I think and the defense is going to only be in a better position this year because the offense is going to have the ball for longer and and there's not going to be so much pressure on them to make stops. So I think all of the weaknesses the Jets have, and there are some weaknesses and question marks, it's, they're not unsolvable issues. They are issues that are concerning and can, you know, create challenges. But also, they have enough talent and depth to overcome those challenges. And I've not covered a Jets team that has been in that position. And and I think the excitement from the fans, the, and it's real, and it's it's different. And there's more people out there, and there's uh, a better energy, and it's, it feels like an event. It feels like a happening. It, it's, it's, it's a cool vibe, and, and the hard knocks cameras add to that as well. There's a reason the Jets are on that. All of that is, is well-deserved. Now, they have to back it up. They haven't done anything yet, but you can see why there is this excitement, and it's for very good reason.
0: Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and answering some training camp mailbag questions with me on this Jets training camp off day. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing over at NJ.com and follow you on social media, how can they do that?
2: Yeah, we got full coverage from the first week of camp, including something interesting John Franklin Myers said about winning Williams in comparison to Aaron Donald. I think Jets fans will be interested to see, have a full report up about, The Jets, uh, what we learned in the Jets, you know, first week of training camp from Aaron Rodgers to some of this injury stuff and what to expect going forward. And we'll be featuring some players moving forward this week. Not going to give that away just yet, but but some guys Jets fans will be interested in and guys who are competing for positions. So you can check all that out at NJ.com slash Jets. And then you can follow me on social media on Twitter at twitter. Or on Twitter at Andy Vasquez. That was a mouthful. Uh, Andy underscore Vasquez I, on Twitter, by Andy Vasquez at Instagram. Uh, yep. So looking forward to another busy week of Jets practice before they get ready to go to Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. And the reason we're all here a week early.
0: Make sure you check out everything that Andy's doing over at NJ.com and follow him on social media. Check out everything we've got going over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash Play Like a Jet. Visit our store, tepublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo, shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com, That's t-e-e-public